This is exactly right. Hey, boo. It's me, Roz. I'm so happy to hear of all the people that enjoyed my conversation last week with Jinx Monsoon. And today we are going to be finishing out that conversation. And there are more topics to cover. And there are EVPs and a fun little uh, game. But, you know, just like with EVPs, not really a game, but... (laughs) What I'm going to call a game uh, that I'm going to be doing for the first time today. And if you have a fun title for it, maybe I'll use that title and give you credit. I don't know. But um, I want to do another long little intro here and talk about some different things that have been going on in the news. And uh, let's just get right into it. Here I go being the Jay Leno of the paranormal once again. Hey, you hear about you hear about this thing that happened? I'm not good at impressions. You hear, you hear about this uh, thing that whizzed by the earth um, that they think is an alien? Uh, this was posted on CBS News the other day. So there is a Harvard University professor named Avi Loeb, and he's got a new book called Extraterrestrial. And he's talking about how this thing in 2017, you might remember, there was an object in space that people thought or believe is alien. It was a cigar-shaped object, and it was 10 times as long as it was wide, okay, and was traveling at speeds of 196,000 miles per hour is what researchers at the time said. It didn't look like a comet, but it behaved some like something that has an extra push, said Loeb. Now, NASA confirmed that it's the first object that has ever been seen in our solar system that is known to have originated elsewhere. But the origins are still unknown. It also says that he argues in his book that the object was probably debris from advanced alien technology. So it's space junk that is from many light years away. He says that it's time for researchers to start uh, looking at potential messages in a bottle from other civilizations. We should be open-minded and search for evidence rather than assume that everything we see in the sky must be rocks, he said. But then, oh, I really like this. He, he said to consider the odds if you're somebody that, you know, doubts the existence of aliens. He says that we know that half of the sun-like stars have a planet the size of the Earth, roughly the same distance from the star, so they can have liquid water on the surface. That is just the chemistry of life. That means that if you roll the dice billions of times in the Milky Way galaxy, I miss Milky Ways, I'm trying to eat better, we're probably not alone. And moreover, we're probably not the sharpest cookie in the jar. Oh, I miss cookies too. The smartest kid on the block. That is always what I think. I mean, I really think that when you see a UFO, 
it is probably like teenager aliens. Their parents are out of town. They took their parents' UFO. They're like, let's go cruise around and laugh at the people on Earth. Ha, ha, ha. You guys will never be us. And then they drive away. That's kind of what I think. Um, (laughs) I think that we are so much not even near as advanced as they are. And that's why they can come look at us, but we can't look at them. That's just my thought. But I'm still developing thoughts about UFOs. I'm still kind of new to UFOs, but I like that we talk about that now. Okay, let's talk about ghosts, because there was a story that I found really fun. It was posted by King5.com, which is local news in Washington, and this is in... God, this is a hard word for me to say. Pallyup, Washington. Pulap, Pulap, P-U-L-A-L-L-U-P, Washington. Okay? Washington people are like cringing at me right now. I'm so sorry. But that's where this place is. It's the Daffodil Bowling Alley. Uh, it's just called Daffodil Bowl. It's been around since the 50s, okay? Now, the owner has been owning it for three years now, and he recently learned that it's haunted. He says, the previous owners of 22 years, yeah, never thought to mention it to him, but they've got a ghost. So this article, which also has a news story in it, they interview some people that work there, and turns out there's a ghost. Now, bowling alleys, I... That's about as far into cis-heteroculture as I'm willing to go. I like bowling alleys. I mean, I think I'm at a point in the pandemic where I'm like missing things that I never thought I would. At this point, I would stick my fingers in a dirty bowling ball ball hole in a dirty, dirty bowling ball hole and throw it down a lane. I would do that at this point. I like mini golf. That's more my thing. It's kind of the same same, uh, in my mind, same kind of, uh, uh, grouping of sports. Like it's not too, it's not too hard for me. I could get into some bowling alley, put my feet in some of the, someone else's shoes and <laughs> throw a bowling ball down and down the, the lane, I guess it's called. Yeah, I can get into that. So maybe I'll go up to Washington and check out this place. Now it's, so here's what, what they had to say about it. They're another one of these people, um, you know, businesses or homeowners that are spending more time at home, or maybe it's because there's just not as many people around, it's more quiet, that they're realizing, oh, it actually, yeah, it seems like it's haunted. They said that they confirmed the rumors, it's haunted. Um, Ashley, who's the daughter of the owner, she said that as often as every 15 minutes, they hear distinct sounds of a bowling ball being thrown down the lane. They said that every single employee has a story or two and that there's occasional sightings like bowling ball shoes flying off of the shelves and cooking utensils dropping from the walls in the kitchen. An employee named Corey says that uh, a ghost comes up behind him and says his name, Corey. But they're kind of still disputing who is the ghost. Now, there's a lot of people that think that it's a former loyal customer who died of a heart attack on lane number one, which is apparently where they usually hear the ball rolling on lane number one. 
But then there's also a mechanic named Larry who said that he's seen a figure hunched over the machines and it's a dark figure walking to the back of the lanes when he's the only one there at night and the doors are locked. And he believes that it's actually a former mechanic that had the same job as him that uh, passed. So it could... Here's what I say. Uh, why can't it be both? It sounds like a fun place. I'd like to hang out there. And then they also said it hasn't been closed for more than a day in decades. So it's possible that the ghost has always been there, but it's never been calm enough to notice. Exactly. I am due for a trip to Washington and I love Seattle. And um, maybe I'll travel on over there and check out the ghosts. It's like a fun story, you know, it's like lighthearted, cute. And I hope that they do well once the pandemic is over. Now, one more story that pops up in the news is that the famous Lizzie Borden house is up for sale. If you're looking for real estate in Massachusetts, only one of the most famous axe murders in history has occurred there. Two million dollars. That seems like a lot of money. Three-story home in Fall River clapboard house it's converted into a museum and bed and breakfast the potential buyer would own the home the bed and breakfast website intellectual property and merchandise sold at the museum that was posted by the virginian pilot and also posted by stephanie in the official Facebook group ghosted by Roz Dresfeles. Thanks for sharing that, Stephanie. Um, that's a that's one of those places that has been in so many paranormal TV shows. It seems to be very haunted these days. I also recently listened to an EVP with my friend Mr. Malone on that Patreon episode that I posted on New Year's Eve. There was an EVP from that house and Amy Bruni of the TV show Kindred Spirits, they've been to that house, and uh, she's my guest next week. Okay, let's read a ghost story from a listener. Could it be you? Well, it could be if your name is Justin. Justin, thanks for sending me this. The subject line is, A portal and demons and the Warrens. Oh my! (laughs) Justin writes, I'm from a small town on the Connecticut shoreline. When I was five years old, we moved to a uniquely constructed house that was called an underground home. Very boxy concrete construction. The builders cut a lot of corners and left my parents with a money pit, although it had sliding glass doors all across the front face of the house. Very chic. Our house was the first on the cul-de-sac, and later we learned that the whole hillside was dynamited away to create the street, blasting away whatever was there before. My mother recalled while gardening that she would find arrowheads and broken bits of things while digging around. My first experience was the night we moved in. I had my bed set up under an air vent in the ceiling. I felt the sense of being watched as I was trying to sleep. I heard a sound of small things dropping onto the sheets, only to realize, to my horror, that bugs were falling off of my bed from the air vent. As a five-year-old gay boy, I, of course, ran screaming, waking everyone up. My parents came into the room with me to find my bed totally clean, no bugs, nothing. 
except me, losing my shit. I didn't sleep in my room for a couple of nights, but eventually was able to sleep there without incident. Now, those could be really just fast bugs, but I have a feeling it's something more than that. After moving in, my mom gave birth to my little sister. And 11 months later, my little brother. They each had their own experiences of stuffed animals talking to them, saying, quote, scary things. Pictures on the wall would appear to have their faces distorted. During illness once, my mother came into my bedroom to find me hanging over the side of my bunk bed, vomiting and unconscious. She, being a nurse, dragged me to the bathroom, finally able to wake me up and hosed me down in the shower. I had no memory of what happened, only remembering hanging over the sink with my mother screaming at me to wake up. My mother's own experiences, including waking up with an intense pressure on her chest and difficulty breathing, like someone sitting on her. Another time, she saw a man in colonial garb walking along the front glass doors, looking perplexed and confused. When she went outside to ask him why he was in our yard, no one was there. My mother's mother, a Boston Irish Catholic, moved in with us when I was nine after the death of her husband, my grandfather. She was a loving and caring woman who was very smart and beyond her years wise. She knew the Warrens, Ed and Lorraine Warren, and had a signed copy of their book. And after describing our experiences, we got a visit. I met the fabulous Lorraine Warren when I was about 10. Wish it could have been under better circumstances. She gave us the skinny on our home. She told us that our house had a freaking portal. And it was likely that my father was being oppressed by something malevolent. We had a priest come and bless our whole family and the house. We did this a number of times by the time we were able to move in when I was 17, 12 years after moving in. This is one of the few times I've actually told the story, and I've always felt that our time there had a lot of tropes one hears from paranormal stories. I know that your podcast and the listeners like me would love the tale. I think having touched the paranormal can leave one isolated, fear of being judged or labeled as spooky. But when I meet someone else who has had experiences, I get a rush of excitement like seeing an old friend. Well, thanks for sharing that, Justin. That's so cool that you got to meet Lorraine Warren. And if you would like me to read your story on the show, please send it to ghostedbyroz at gmail.com, leave it in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or in our Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Dresvelez. Oh, which reminds me, another story in the Facebook group. Okay, this one came from Anna, and it was just posted this week. And, um, okay, Anna writes, Hey, Roz and Ghosted listeners, I've been an avid listener of Ghosted since it first came out, but I've always enjoyed listening about ghost stories without actually having experienced anything, dot, 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 until last night. I recently moved to a cute beach town on Vancouver Island in Canada for work, and I moved in with a really nice lady who owns the house. She told me that she had experienced some paranormal stuff here a few years ago. 
She said that she felt like something was angry at her. Her cat was always on alert and would freak out randomly, and she would feel the hairs on the back of her neck stand up and cool air pass by her. She said she firmly asked it to leave and hasn't had issues since. Well, I moved in a week ago and I noticed her cat doesn't like coming into my room, even though he enjoys cuddling me in other areas of the house. He seems really on guard near my room and he's curious about coming in, but usually stays near the door. Last night, I woke up to a huge crash in my room, and I saw that my very heavy and sturdy floor lamp had fallen to the ground. I was in the middle of a really deep sleep, but saw a bright white flash behind my eyes as I heard the crash. I checked the time, and it was 3.30 a.m., I don't really flail around in my sleep or anything, so I really don't know if there's any explanation for this. My door was closed, so the cat couldn't have come in and knocked it over, and it was securely on the ground, nothing underneath the lamp or anything, when I went to bed. What do I do to try to cleanse the room? Okay, Anna, thanks for sharing that. There are a lot of different ways of cleansing a room and um, people it looks like have commented uh, different ways that they know. So if you guys would like to also contribute a different way that Anna could clear that out, go to the Facebook group. Um, I personally have gotten into Palo Santo, um, but I know that there's other things I've never had to actually like try to clear something that I think is actually paranormal, but, um, somebody that might know more than me head to the Facebook group. So have you heard about this app called stereo? I just got into it. It is super fun. I know I'm always trying to like tell you about (laughs) new things and how you can get more of me. Um, but I just started using it and it's, so basically what it is, is it's it's like a, a type of social media, but it's also kind of like podcasty at the same time. So the way it works is a person goes live and they kind of like do these shows and then people listening can record themselves saying things or they can join the conversation and then it gets played. And I've been doing it and... Um, just on the app. I've done it the past few nights and I really enjoy it. I really do. I think it's, it's just, it's a fun, you know, more laid, but it's like going live on like Instagram or Facebook, but you're, you don't look the same. Like you make a little avatar. It's like a little cartoon version of yourself. And um, I'm going to just like do it some, I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. So if you want, download the app stereo and uh, follow me at Rose Dresvelez. And just to kick things off on there, I'm going to go live tonight. If you're listening to this Thursday, which is the 14th of January, I'm going to going to be on there at 7 p.m pacific standard time and i want to talk about ghosts we can talk about whatever you just send me like a little message on the the stream and um and hopefully i can chat with you and i don't know it's just it's fun i I like it it's like a different it's a new thing and you know we're all being hipsters being like oh this is a new thing and we're like 
you know, doing it before it's the biggest thing in the world. I remember when TikTok came out, people were like, you got to get on TikTok. And I was like, what? Which again, I'm like, I know I'm going to be on TikTok. I got a TikTok. You can follow me at Rouse Dress for Less. I haven't posted anything yet, but I'm definitely working on some spooky content on there as well. So check out Stereo tonight, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I will be going live. And then, of course, Patreon. This week, my video is me going through some of my vintage, spooky, paranormal books and this paranormal magazine that I bought on eBay from 1968. And it's fun to look at, you know, the pictures. And and I like the fonts, like the way that, you know, UFOs, like in the 60s. It's just so fun to look at. But that's a little video I did this week. And then we've got a bonus clip from Jinx. And I talked a little bit about it last week, but I really, really enjoyed the story that Jinx shared about getting to know Joan Rivers and then the theater that they worked at together, how people have said they've seen the spirit of Joan. And, um, it's just a fun little clip. So that's on my second tier of Patreon, patreon.com slash Roz Okay, here is part two of my conversation with Jinx Monsoon, winner of season five of RuPaul's Drag Race. On with the show! I will say um, the most ghost experiences that I have um, in my adult life is I was extremely close to my my grandmother and there have been significant most significant moments in my adult life that I've I've been visited by my grandmother um, when I really needed to just like check in with her and um, sometimes it's uh, dreaming Um, it's difficult with narcolepsy like I dream all night long I never fall into the deepest cycle of sleep where your brain completely shuts down. So I'm very used to just having really active, really vivid dreams, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, if it's all a, if it's all a figment of my subconscious, um, then so be it. But my grandma has visited me many times when I've needed her most in my dreams or during sleep paralysis or, you know, in lucid dreaming. And, um, it was really difficult because my grandmother had a stroke about a year before she passed away. Um, so for a year, she was just completely incapacitated. And my grandma was a, a warrior, you know, like she was one of the strongest, fiercest women I know. She didn't let any bullshit happen on her watch. Um, <laughs> she was very um, protective of her family, extremely protective um, of me. And, and then, you know, she had her stroke and she couldn't move and she couldn't talk. And it was really hard to see this like really powerful, fierce woman that I knew my whole life be so frail and helpless for the last year of her life. And, um, what's interesting is when she's visited me in my dreams, um, it's this weird in-between state between the warrior I knew her to be and and who she was in her last year, um, where she's able to walk, she's able to move, and she's able to communicate with me, but she still can't talk. And that's the creepiest aspect of it, is like feeling like she's talking to me with her eyes, but not saying any words. But it has been very helpful at times to be able to check in with my grandma. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, you guys are connected. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that she's probably definitely uh, visits you in those dreams. I mean, with narcolepsy is sleep paralysis, is it common? Um, you know, no more common than with anyone who experiences, you know, sleeping difficulties. It can be a symptom of narcolepsy. See, narcolepsy is um, affects a lot of people different ways, you know, um, it's all about a chemical mis uh, um, imbalance in your brain. You know, it's it oftentimes misdiagnosed as depression because the symptoms can look a lot like symptoms of depression. Um, so like when you think of narcolepsy and you think of how it's depicted in the media, like someone just like um, falling asleep, like turning out a light, mm. like there are people with narcolepsy who experience it that way, but it's a very, it's a much smaller, um, a group in the narcoleptic population <laughs> yeah and um uh um many more narcoleptic people are in the more like moderate category where they experience some of the symptoms but not all of the symptoms for me my narcolepsy feels like from the moment i wake up till the moment i go to sleep it feels like i had a Zequil or a, a sleep aid and i still have to like get up and and <laughs> do my day with the constant weighted feeling of being tired <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and then the dreaming which is why i'm still even though i'm sober from booze i still um actively use marijuana to suppress dreams at night so i can have a little bit more of a chance of sleeping soundly <laughs> mm, okay <laughs> that is so funny um well, you know what? I want to do one more thing. I have this new segment I'm going to try. This is the first time I've ever oh, done this. I just remembered another <clears throat> ghost experience. You know, oh, it's my funny. God. Let's hear it. I believe, I, I do believe heavily in ghosts. Like, uh, it was actually a very important conversation I had to have with my partner um, before our relationship could go <laughs> to the next level. Really? Um, was, do you believe in ghosts? Yeah. And, and not even that he needed to believe in them, but that, like, we, like... I needed to know what he felt about ghosts. I needed him to know what I felt about ghosts and I needed to make sure like um, we had a mutual respect for each other's beliefs. And um, I've done and, the same and, thing. Yeah. And we, we came to a, a, a good understanding where we don't believe the exact same things, but we both believe in the possibility of things. But what, um, what really like affected him was meeting my aunt. So I've talked about my aunt a few times, my aunt Mimi, um, her real name's Missy, but I've called her Mimi since I was a kid. Um, but uh, so the the interesting thing about my aunt is that she was born with multiple birth defects. They found a brain tumor when she was really young. Um, um, don't worry, she's she's healthy and she's well now. But basically, multiple times throughout her life, she's been very near death. She's had a lot of near death experiences. So when it comes to like authority on ghost interactions and angels and stuff like that, I do tend to take her word, you know, because <laughs> she has a lot more experience it, with it than anyone else I know. And when she and my partner were getting to know each other, she, she talks openly about ghosts. She talks openly about having conversations with ghosts in her day-to-day -day activity. You know, she fully... Um, fully leans into talking about like, you know, having a conversation with my grandma that morning and stuff. And she doesn't hide it. She's unapologetic. And I love that about her. 
And um, Michael, my partner, said something to the effect of like, I don't know if I, I believe in all of that, but hearing her talk about it, I 100% believe that it's true for her. Whether it's true in the real world or whether it's just, you know, uh, something in her life, she doesn't talk about it like someone who's making something up or who's just deluded. She talks about it like a very intelligent, mindful person who this happens to be true for. So. I, I, I've always let my aunt be the authority on ghosts for me. When I was in college, this is the actual story I meant to tell. I just went on a tangent just now. But when it's I was okay. in college, I, um, I was a janitor um, at my college all four years that I went there. So I would wake up really early and go clean the school and certain buildings for the school um, and then go to my classes. And it meant that I spent a lot of time alone early in the morning, completely alone in um, our performance space, which is known famously in Seattle as Raysbeck Hall. And it um, used to be the Sons and Daughters of Norway building. <laughs> and it was a gay square dancing bar for a while. It's had a lot of lives. Amazing. But it's famously known as a haunted building in Seattle. And I spent a lot of time alone there. And it's just like... Um, there was never any way of knowing when I was hearing footsteps, if it was someone who also happened to be at the school early, um, or if it was, you know, a, a someone ghost who was line dancing. There. Yeah. <laughs> a gay ghost line dancing down the hallway. It was just constant, like, because, um, you know, there would be people getting there early and setting up something or like um, they left something there the night before. So they had to go before class or whatever. But I'd be there at like six in the morning and I'd hear movement all throughout the building. And it's a very acoustically sound building. So it's like I could be down in the basement and could hear things up and two floors up in the building. And it was, um, I never had any like spooks. Uh, I never had any scares in that building. I just constantly felt and heard the sounds of people walking around me all the time. And it was like, I just never really thought to pay it much mind. What I did um, is that I would just sing at the top of my lungs so that if it was a person, they'd like know that there was someone else in, in the building with them. That's smart. Or if it was a ghost, you know, I was like, uh, um, <laughs> I've always <laughs> thought that like my my Broadway belting would keep any harmful ghosts at bay because it would just be too annoying for them to handle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do this quick little segment that I just okay. created. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to rapid fire throw out some unexplained phenomena and then give me like one or two sentences, what you think, is it real, is it not real, how do we explain it, do you believe in it, um, and then if we want to, we can go back and dis discuss a little bit more, okay? Yeah, sounds good. First up, UFOs, thoughts? Yeah, I think, I think, um, why not, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I, I truly believe that with all that we don't understand about the universe, that there's got to be something else out there, you know, and whether we can comprehend it or not, you know, there, there's no reason to believe that we're alone in this universe. Um, but I'm not sure that any like true alien 
crafts have have touched down on this planet but also you know like the government's a fucked up group of people they could keep anything they want from us if they try hard enough so who knows <laughs> right I, especially 2020 like there has been so many headlines about like ufos trying to make contacts Putting, trying to make contacts. They're trying to get some contacts over <laughs> they're trying, here. They're trying to get a gig. <laughs> <laughs> On Earth, the worst venue in the galaxy. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on to unexplained phenomena. How about um, haunted dolls? Uh, I don't know. I feel like if there was, I feel like, yes, there, um, there can definitely be dolls or other such artifacts um, stained with traumatic energy that like um, radiate negative energy that gives the impression of being haunted. Um, but the way we've been told about haunted dolls through through the movies and through media, that's not what it really is in real life. I'm sure it's more just like feeling jinxed. I had a haunted doll when I was a child and <laughs> I forget. Did you really? Believe, I can't believe I didn't start this podcast with um uh, oh Tales of God. Scratch okay. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's better Wait. if I leave it vague. <laughs> no, I need to hear about this. Okay, so my mom had a doll. She had chewed on the you know, when she was a little girl, she had chewed on the fingers of this plastic doll so that the fingers were like pointy and scratchy and she had also like cut off its hair and it had lost all its clothing it was a terrifying looking doll and it freaked me out as a kid and I called it scratch baby because of its little like fingers its little chewed up fingers and I would have nightmares of scratch baby attacking me and then um I'd wake up with scratches on my face. Now, of course, I could have scratched my own face and my brain created the dream about Scratch Baby. One specific um, dream I still remember to this day was that I entered my room, turned on the light, and the ceiling fan started spinning and Scratch Baby was on one of the blades of the ceiling fan. And I could see her whipping around over and over and over until she finally, like at the right moment, leapt off the fan down onto me and just started clawing up my face. Now, that's all whatever. But what happened was it was one of those freaky things where multiple times my mom, because of how much it terrified me, tried to get Scratch Baby out of the house and would either throw it away or give it away to someone. And somehow Scratch Baby kept coming back. Like we <gasps> kept finding Scratch Baby in the house. And what normally would happen is my mom would like throw it away or give it to someone to take out of the house and I'd stop having the dreams. And then one night I'd have a dream again. And then my mom would search throughout the house and she'd end up finding scratch baby again. And still we couldn't explain it. You know, like we don't know how it kept coming back, but then finally um, my mom put scratch baby in the trunk of her friend's car that was being um, compacted. You know, it was a totaled car and it was being compacted at the junkyard so she put Scratch Baby in the trunk of that car. The car got smashed down to a cube, and I never had the dreams again, and she never came back. <laughs> oh, my God. I have this theory that the Toy Story movies are about haunted dolls. Yeah, or demons. That, okay, you know what? Back to my game. What do you think about demons? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, I, you know, I really do think like, uh, I don't know. 
this is going to sound so like up my own ass, but I wrote like my, my thesis in um, my, I was taking a college English clash, clash, a college English class. Oh my God. College English class, my senior year of high school. And my thesis was on um, God being real because we created God. Like that we as mankind have created the concept of God so thoroughly that now we can't consider God to be a fake idea because we've created the reality of God. Um, So much so that our brains have a place in our brain. And this is true. There's a place in our brain um, I think connected to or near the limbic system that like stores our concept of God. <laughs> Whether you believe in God or not, there's a chunk of your brain that is dedicated to storing what you know about God and can be triggered through the limbic system when you have an epileptic seizure, which is why a lot of people who have epileptic seizures come out of it thinking that they saw God and that they had a near-death experience. Ah. So um, so anyway, blah, 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 blah. I think the same thing applies to demons. You know, like whether or not demons are the way they're described in the Bible or demons are just our darkest parts of ourselves personified. You know, when you think about the lengths at which mental illness can affect a person and, you know, you think about how how many things in our life we we can't explain for ourselves or something inside of us that we feel to be true but we can't necessarily like logically explain it for other people all of that has to go somewhere and i think sometimes it gets its own persona and that's what demons are so whether demons are like spirits that inhabit humans or demons are our darkest parts of ourselves that manifest over time I believe demons exist in one form or another. Did that get really, did that get really, really hippie woo woo slash? Um, <laughs> no, it's good. Intellectual asshole. <laughs> it's good. No, I like, I like, I like hearing that. And uh, yeah, I think that a lot of times, you know, religion has a lot to do with it. The way you're raised of what a demon is, what it looks like, how it manifests. I think mm-hmm. that that also uh, contributes to how, a demon's going to appear to you or what that means. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's just, it's a lot of it is, can be taught or, you know, learned from outside sources. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of, inf- like a lot of influences that can bring our demons out. And I do believe that there's like, there's pain and there's trauma and there's sadness that become so strong within us that there's no other way to refer to him than like a demon, you know? I mean, I, I've suffered, (laughs) I've suffered with alcoholism in my life, both like my own alcoholism and then also, you know, being present for a lot of my mom's alcoholism. And I'm telling you, there were nights where it wasn't just that my mom was too drunk. There were nights when I saw Mm -hmm. something inside of her that wasn't her, something inside of her that was a manifestation of trauma expressing itself in her body, but not her. And so whether it was like a supernatural demon from hell, or if it was just the personification of my mother's pain and trauma that she had experienced in her life, of which there was much pain and trauma, um, one way or another, that's what I would call a demon. 
Yeah, totally. Well, and another thing that I was thinking, so one time I had Jack Osborne on the show and he hosts a show called Portals to Hell. And, and I asked him about his belief in demons and he pointed out to me, which I'm like, why did I never even think about this? That there's so many people in this world that think that just drag queens are demons or <laughs> evil or, you know what I mean? Or heavy I'm, metal or whatever, Dungeons exactly. and Dragons. And so it's like, it's t- to different people, it means different things. And in different states of mind. I mean, I was on, the first time I ever did mushrooms, I looked at myself in the mirror and I realized for the first time ever that Jinx was not just something I created. She was something inside of me. At that moment in time, I believed her to be a demon that like took hold of my body when she needed it. Um, I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like um, Jinx is <laughs> Jinx is just, uh, you know, it's an extension of myself. But yeah, there sure. are times where Jinx has definitely been a demon. There's been times where Jinx is in control and, and Jarek's just a passenger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, let me give you a couple more little things. Okay. Um, unexplained phenomena. Um, why I'm not famous. No. Um, <laughs> how about Bigfoot? Um, you know, uh, yeah, I guess I don't really, you know, this is just a personal preference. I just don't get into Bigfoot theories because the people who like have dedicated themselves to finding Bigfoot are generally the most obnoxious people. <laughs> So it's just a personal choice that I do not want to like even like tread the waters of Bigfoot. So next. I love how you say personal <laughs> preference because you make it sound like a dating app or something. Like no Bigfoot enthusiasts. <laughs> now listen, I'm very open-minded. It's just a personal preference that <laughs> now, and you know, it's, uh, I'm sure lots of people will tease me as being someone who has, uh, you know, talked openly on stage and in my work of about having a foot fetish and I have zero interest in Bigfoot. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay um last one unexplained phenomenon the liquid dripping from rudy giuliani's head oh i mean i've seen so many great theories <laughs> um i would say you know in the fifth element when have you seen that movie of course you I have, have. It's, been a, it's been a minute but yes I mean, if you haven't seen the movie, you've at least seen the scene of the blue lady singing the opera song. But anyway, in the in the movie, the main villain, like the 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 big boss at the end, is like a planet that is actually the manifestation of all darkness and evil in the universe. So there's like this human villain who's working for this evil villain. And um, <laughs> when the human villain gets phone calls from the big boss and the big boss is mad with him, he uses his evil energy um, to affect the human, like talking to him on the phone. And this weird like black tar goo just starts dripping down his head. Um, like evil is manifesting and and he's melting <laughs> It looks exactly like what was coming off of Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> so if anything, I would say he was getting orders from the ancient evil that resides in space. <laughs> and all coalesced in that moment. <laughs> Well, um, you want to hear some ghost voices? 
Yeah, yes, please. <laughs> I didn't even tell you. We do this segment here. It's called EVPs or EVPs. <laughs> do you know what an EVP is? Yes, yes. Yeah, electronic voice phenomenon. So ghost voices that are captured. And so what I do, Jinx, is I go to YouTube and I look up some EVPs and I like to have my guests guess what they hear or <laughs> you know, any thoughts, comments, concerns. Um, and, uh, and then I'll tell you what the real answer, at least what the investigator believes the ghost is okay. saying. Okay, okay, so this first one came from Spirit Gals on YouTube, and it's at the Eastern State Penitentiary. Is it penitentiary or penitentiary? I, uh, just an say I in there. Say it with an accent, and then everyone will just think you're doing a bit. Penitentiary. <laughs> Penitentiary. Penitentiary. <laughs> yes, there we go. Uh, and uh, this is which is in Philadelphia. And it's like, this, that's one of those places that's like, the ghost hunting shows love it. It's like completely spooky. What is this ghost saying? Could you hear anything? There's a lot of background noise, but. Yeah, it's saying, do you believe in love? <laughs> do you believe in life after love? <laughs> Let me play it with it. I can kind of hear that. <laughs> Do you believe in love? <laughs> <laughs> you make it. You make it sound like um, this ghost like was a, a Madonna fan. Doing a song. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. That's what. That's what it is. That was their favorite song. What song is that? Isn't it Madonna? Do you believe in love? Get oh, it's the- <laughs> uh, express yourself. Yeah, <laughs> express yourself. Not to be confused with my version, Panda Express Yourself. (laughs) Okay, um, well, here, I'll give you some options. One of these is what Spirit Gals on YouTube believes it says. Um, Is it A, okay, fears. B, (laughs) who can hear us? C, look at this. Or D, let's go, girls. (laughs) Shania Twain. (laughs) I'm going to say who can hear us. Yes, that's what they believe. Here, I'll play it again. I can hear who that. Who can hear us? <laughs> I think it could be that, or it could be like, you can hear us? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's one more. This one is from Greg Seekley on YouTube, and it's at the Tunnels at Fairview Training Center in Salem, Oregon. And uh, what do you hear here? I'll play it again. Do the splits. <laughs> oh my God. These are like the best guesses I think I've ever had. <laughs> it really does kind of sound like that. Okay. Well, it's one of these options. It's not that. Here, I'll play it again. <laughs> Do the split. <laughs> I love the. <laughs> it's like a drag queen's conscience as their lips as they're lip syncing for their life. Like, yeah. girl, it's not going well. Do the splits, <laughs> girl. Do the splits, or it's a it's a critical drag queen in the audience. Like, girl, the numbers <laughs> is failing. Do the splits, bucket twirl, girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well here's here's uh, here's some options. Is it a eat sandwich? <laughs> 
Is it B, she's a witch? <laughs> C, don't be a snitch? Or D, easy bitch? I'll play it again. Yeah, I'm going to say she's a witch. It is. That's what they think. Yeah. She's a witch. She, which is, what's funny to me is, uh, you said this comes from Salem, Oregon. <laughs> like, just all Salems are, are witch hubs, you know? I know. <laughs> we only hear about Salem, Massachusetts, but trust me, witches just love places named Salem. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> Okay, well, you know what, Jinx? You've been so generous with your time. I think <laughs> I think that's about it. But, Thank um, you, Ross. I really enjoy this. Yeah, I, it's I, fun. Huh? I normally feel like really anxious when I go when I go dark and share <laughs> share dark theories or or like really out there, pretty out there concepts. You know, <laughs> I mean, I this is so, the place to do it. Like yeah, everyone listening so to this is either open to hearing different ideas or they're just like fully on board. Like so, like it's a, it's a safe space. Yeah. I really um, enjoyed it. <laughs> where are you? What, what's, I mean, what do you got coming on and coming up in the new year? Where can people find you? All that stuff. Um, the big things are um, everyone should go um, watch the Jinx and Dela holiday special. You can watch it on jinxandela.com. Um, no, wait, I do have to warn you. I think, I'm not 100% sure, but this might be like the first week of the new year. I'm so sorry. That's fine. That's fine. Keep all of this in there. It'll still be there. It'll still be available. <laughs> okay. And even though we will be past Christmas, I mean, I used to watch A Muppet Christmas Carol year round, you know? Totally. I'm a Halloween year round bitch. And I know <laughs> yeah. that there's Christmas year round bitches. Yeah. And, you know, I think these days now that we live in an era of binge watching television, you get used to watching out of season Christmas episodes anyway. So totally. um, I, I, I want to encourage everyone, <laughs> even post Christmas, to give our show a, a, a watch because I'm so proud of it. I'm, I'm normally the most critical of my own work and I have nothing critical to say about this because um, because uh, Dela poured so much time and effort into perfecting this um this film we created together she spent countless hours working with editors and 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 making sure that what we filmed became the movie that we envisioned when we wrote it so can't recommend this highly enough if you if you like christmas if you hate christmas if you like drag queens if you hate drag queens <laughs> none of that matters it's a good film Period. So go watch it, chinksandela.com. <laughs> Just the visuals alone, I'm fucking sold. It's gorgeous. Oh, I'm so excited for you to see it. And and you can also purchase or listen to um, the soundtrack, which is, I mean, maybe the music is a little less <laughs> exciting post-Christmas, but, you know, it'll be there waiting for you next year. Mm -hmm. um, I have a Patreon page that I'm I'm running now. So I, I'm, I'm working weekly with my partner, um, my best friend, Kenny, and my videographer, Liam Krug, and my comedy partner, Nick Sahoya. Um, and my partner name's Michael. I, I, I just realized I named everyone except for my partner. <laughs> but um, um, me and my partner, Michael, do music. Our, our band name is Dink and Deedle. And 
Um, so I'm doing sketches. I have a podcast that's um, up there. You know, it's just basically, if you want to watch me do all the crazy things I do to keep myself sane through the pandemic, um, it's all on my Patreon. <laughs> and, um, and besides that, you know, uh, just follow me on my social medias and just uh, keep informed on all the all the fun and wacky ways I spend my time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Jinx Monsoon. I love Jinx so much. And, you know, we just had Christmas time and Jinx and Ben de la Creme made an appearance in the, the holiday movie Happiest Season, which I loved, which was on Hulu. They also had their own holiday special and I really think that it's going to become a tradition to watch those every single year because they have just completely created something totally new in the world of drag for the holidays. And just go check out Jinx. I mean, Jinx is so cool. And I'm so grateful that she took the time to chat with me. It's not, she's not someone I get to see that much or talk to. And I just I really enjoyed getting to get to know her a little bit more. So if you want to hear even more, go to patreon.com. We've got a bonus clip from last week where she's talking about drag during a pandemic. And this week she is talking about her relationship, getting to know Joan Rivers a bit. And we talk a little bit about the ghost of Joan Rivers that some people have reported seeing at a theater in New York. Another reminder, I will be on the app called Stereo. Download it wherever you get apps. And I will be going live tonight at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Just follow me at Roz Dresfelez. And you can join a conversation with me. We can talk about spooky things. Or you can ask me things or just share things with me. Whatever. I'll be doing that for probably about an hour. And then, you know, we'll take it from there. Maybe I'll do it more. Maybe I'll do it every single night this week. I don't know. I got a little bit of time. I enjoy doing it. So um, we'll start there. And all the other things, please rate the show five stars on Apple Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe. Patreon is patreon.com slash That starts at just $5 a month, and it helps me so much in these wild times. We've got our Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Dresfelez. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, all the places, at Roz Dresfelez. I will be back next week with television paranormal star, Amy Bruni of the TV show Kindred Spirits on the Travel Channel. Go watch the show if you've never seen it because Amy knows exactly what she's talking about and she's going to be talking about her new book, which is called Life with the Afterlife, 13 Truths I Learned About Ghosts. And I loved that book and I really get into it with her. So as part of the Roz Dresvelez book club, add that one to it and uh, I hope you enjoy that. So I will talk to you next week, tonight on Stereo, but also next week. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Starbanes Audio, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.